Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast for Brain Fact Friday and episode number 122. This week, we interviewed Paul Zentarski, the former PE teacher from Naperville Central High School, who reinvented physical education using the understanding of simple neuroscience. Then last week's interview with Dr. John Rady and his book, Spark, cemented the idea of the profound impact that exercise has on our cognitive abilities and mental health. Paul Zentarski said many things that caught my attention in the interview and took me by surprise, especially with the whole idea of their zero-hour PE creating such noticeable results with students in the classroom, and even going on to inspire some students to become PE teachers in the future. I thought what their research uncovered at Naperville was important enough to reinforce and take a closer look at why those students at Naperville scored so high on their tests after they took this new physical education class that blended aerobic activity with an understanding of neuroscience. If you haven't listened to Dr. Rady's episode number 116 or Paul Zentarski on number 121, be sure to go back and listen after this brain fact. So here's our brain fact for the week. Aerobic activity can transform not only the body, but also the mind. Dr. Rady said it clearly in his book, Spark, when he said that aerobic activity has a dramatic effect on adaptation, regulating systems that might be out of balance, and optimizing those that are not. It's an indispensable tool for anyone who wants to reach his or her full potential. By now, we all know that exercise increases brain activity and that the benefits of exercise come directly from its ability to reduce insulin resistance, reduce inflammation, and stimulate the release of growth factors, chemicals in the brain that affect the health of brain cells, the growth of new blood vessels in the brain, and even the abundance and survival of new brain cells. Dr. Chuck Hillman from the University of Illinois, he's now at Northeastern University, conducted a series of brain scans on students that showed what their brain activity looked like after sitting quietly. If you look in the show notes, you can see there's not much color of the students who are sitting quietly versus how vibrant the brain looks after even a 20-minute walk. Without knowing anything about fMRI scans, one look at how the brain lights up after exercise and we can all come to the same conclusion. Exercise primes the brain, putting it in the right environment for learning. Hillman took his research a bit further and divided students, they were age 9 and 10, into two groups. One was called the higher fit group if they could run a quarter of a mile without stopping and the lower fit group if they had to stop within this quarter of a mile run. The students were asked to take a test similar to what you would find on Lumosity.com and the brains of the higher fit students lit up during the easy test showing more red color or more brain activity than the lower fit students. The most noticeable difference was during the difficult test, the brains of the higher fit students lit up bright red, showing the increase of brain activity they had access to, and the lower fit students just didn't have enough brain power during the difficult test. 
This study clearly shows how the power of exercise and being physically fit impacts our brain and cognition. Hillman went another step further with his research, and he created a nine-month intervention PE program taught by future PE teachers. Half of the students had an hour of PE prior to their school day, and half didn't attend the PE program. They went straight to school, and they were called the waitlist group. The brain scans of the one-hour PE group showed a significant increase of brain activity compared to the students who did not take this extra hour of PE each day. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure this will get you as excited as Paul Zentarski was when he first saw these results. And what made Dr. John Rady jump on an airplane when Naperville scored so high on those tests using this strategy? Many studies have suggested that parts of the brain that control thinking and memory, the prefrontal cortex and the medial temporal cortex, have greater volume in people who exercise versus people who don't. So how can you implement this brain fact in your life? Whether you're an educator working in the classroom or an employee working in the corporate world, this concept can be easily implemented to get you into a state of heightened awareness before learning or before you need to sit and work for long periods of time at your desk. Tip number one, start with walking. If you have something important you need to work on, go for a walk ahead of time to activate and prime your brain for the focused attention it will need. Dr. Hillman's study showed it only took 20 minutes of walking to light up the brain. How much physical activity would you need to impact your memory? Standard recommendations advise half an hour of moderate physical activity most days of the week or at least 150 minutes a week. Tip two, start your own movement. If you want to take advantage of this concept and you work in a school, you can share Paul Zantarski's podcast with your site administrator and see how you can spearhead a movement of neuroscience in your school. Watch episode number three with Ron Hall from Valley Day School on launching a neural educational program in your school. If you don't work in a school, this information can also be applied in the workplace or other organizations. Tip three, learn from others who have paved the way. If starting an exercise program seems too much, start doing some research to see how other people began theirs. I love seeing the story of the Dallas Stars executive, Tom Holy, who lost almost 100 pounds from starting a walking routine every night. What started for Holy with just three mile walks a day at the beginning of COVID turned into walking 26.2 miles in a day and over 100 miles in a week. He began inspiring his neighbors to do the same and health really is infectious. Everyone wants to help and motivate each other. Tip four, measure your heart rate. It was adding the heart rate monitors into the game that really made the difference for Naperville students. To experience the best results with their zero-hour PE, Paul Zantarski explained that they had to measure the students' heart rates during exercise and they needed to get their heart rate into the peak heart rate zone range of over 150 beats per minute for at least 20 minutes. Of course, after I heard this, I'd looked at my workouts for the past few months and I noticed that although I exercise a lot, I'm very rarely in that peak heart zone range unless I'm running. 
If we want to experience the benefits to our brain, we must put in the effort for this to occur. And everybody is different. So in order to understand what we need to do individually, we've got to measure our own results. I hope you've enjoyed diving a bit deeper into what exactly exercise does to the brain. As brain scan technology improves and advances, I know we'll have so many more questions answered, but probably a lot more questions to ask. Until then, I hope you found something that lights a spark for you to take some new action towards exercise to improve your brain health and well-being. See you next week. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com. 